War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. It is Tuesday. Folks, this portion of the program, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, that was nice rain last night. You know, this time of year, I actually don't mind when it, well, actually, I don't mind when it rains at night at all, but Mother's Day is coming. Stop and see everything available. Rhode Island's number one garden center is calling your name. PR Materials and Garden Center, now including annuals, perennials, trees, shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch, moss baskets, hanging impatience, pansies, marigold bags, Large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, uh, tropical mandevillas, hibiscus plants, screen loom, mulch also available, pickup and delivery, mulch, dark pine, black hemlock, crushed stone, full service nursery, everything you need, folks, to make your home and property a showstopper. Gift certificates are available. Look for them on Facebook. Again, Mother's Day is coming up this Sunday. Open every day. Stop in at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown. Now, obviously, the big news that exploded last night was this uh, really scoop of the century by Politico regarding the Supreme Court. However, it is still what was leaked uh, was apparently a draft. Nothing final, a draft. Now, it's hard. First of all, there should be accountability. Whoever leaked this needs to be held accountable. Um, even President Biden has come out and said, you know, let's let's hold off before everyone just goes. Folks, it's hard to ignore that right now you're talking about Democrat Party. Primaries start today. And the Democrat Party that has been divided, right, between the far left and then the moderate Dems and Biden's approval ratings are way off and the midterms are coming. And so it's hard to ignore that in desperation, when in doubt, they just go to the abortion question. And it's hard to ignore the possibility. What this really is, is just an effort to try to gin up the base, get get everybody on the same page, meaning all Democrats on the same page, both, you know, the far left progressives and the more modern, get it, get all of them kind of rowing in the same direction and with inflation high. And all the problems, what they now suddenly want to just ring the bell on is abortion rights are under attack. And, you know, we don't know that to be the case in Rhode Island, the way that it was codified into law with Raimondo, that it certainly doesn't seem to be the case, but it doesn't seem to matter. So this, this, it's, it's still early. This could have suddenly now everything else is pushed to the back burner. Right. The Afghanistan withdrawal pushed to the back. Inflation pushed to the back. Illegals at the border. Suddenly now they are ringing bells and screaming. People started showing up at the Supreme Court last night. Then they start screaming about the makeup of the court, who contributed to the court. Justice Alito, who was appointed by George W. Bush, 43. And then obviously, you know, President uh, Mitch McConnell blocked President Obama from getting a nomination. And then President Trump was able to appoint various people. But it, it's just, you know, I, I, I believe this should be a wait and see. There's, there's still a lot of other news out there. But more importantly, I just think this is I, it's hard to ignore that this is a Hail Mary, so to speak, from the Democrats of really just trying to ring up their base. And they want to make the election about one issue. And it's always an issue that they feel that they can win on and fear mongering. And, you know, this could will this impact the CD2 race? You know, I, I don't know on the Democrat side, as far as Seth Magaziner and Ruth Morgenthal and uh, and David Siegel and so forth. I, I don't know how much this affects the CD2 races or some of the races in, in Congress right now. It's you know, this is still just primary season. A lot of, by the way, Ohio, they're, they're voting today in their primaries. Rhode Island's primaries in September is ridiculous. It should be um, earlier. It should be before the summertime. I recognize why they don't do it is because they claim, well, you know, because we're still at the state house and some of those people may have races. But, 
it makes no sense that they drag it out because then it's you turn around it goes right from the primary into the general but anyhow um it's hard to ignore the politics of this that they certainly seem intent on getting everybody riled up and they want to make it about one issue they don't want people voting about inflation they don't want them voting about how it's an open border they don't want to vote on the incompetency of the biden presidency they don't want to vote on how expensive things are and just some of these radical policies that have failed they want to make it on one issue one issue that they feel that they're on firm ground and can win on so but again even president biden has said let's hold off and you know somehow and this is unprecedented that this would leak out in this way so i know different people are speculating uh who is behind it obviously an activist uh and they're looking for the source decision will allow each state to decide whether to restrict or ban the 26 places where it'll be illegal uh alito writes it was egregiously wrong from the start roberts does not want to completely overturn police rush up barriers around the supreme court protests erupt it's almost like they knew that this was coming leaks stuns nation on three fronts who revealed it why court has no comment reporter speaks about breaking the story of a lifetime boy between the war washington uh, white house correspondence dinner and now this media better be cautious about they just start to uh glom onto themselves pelosi schumer slam one of the worst decisions in history biden vows to try to codify roe into law issue could reshape midterms could reshape midterms completely does completely reshapes the midterms uh i'm also looking at a masked worker tends to maskless hillary who attended the met gala last night but anyhow um folks it's it's just hard to ignore that of course that this is going to play that you know the politics that come into play on something like this in the gut reaction i don't know how many it, it it shouldn't be a big story around here but they want to make it a big story 26 states will likely become illegal if in fact they overturn it but it sounds like they're going to go to state by state and so whether people like it or not rhode island has has already decided but this i believe will okay 26 states poised to outlaw if roe is formally overturned alabama arizona arkansas idaho kentucky louisiana south dakota north dakota missouri mississippi michigan oklahoma tennessee texas utah west virginia wisconsin south carolina ohio georgia iowa wyoming who's missing from the list florida who's missing from the list california who's missing from the list new york you know i i, I just it's hard to ignore the politics that come into this the crowds that suddenly gathered last night and suddenly now the democrat party has something as i said new to rally around now there's also news on governor mckee and i want to talk about that folks again you're listening to the john DePietro show it's it's tuesday and and i there's there's local news i'm not sure how much this affects us locally if at all other than you're going to see the democrats try to inject this into the races suddenly now um the 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 media will in fact you know put the microphone in front of any candidate that does not sign on with what the talking points are coming out of washington but this portion of the program it is grilling season mother's day this weekend stopping by and see my friends jay's broadway appliance and tv 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield you can call them 401-949-7800 they've been in business family-run business since 1963 you deal directly with the owner you can drive right up to the store the service is fantastic they'll match or beat any package deal all appliances of course all appliances refrigerator stove microwave flat big screen tv flat screen tv dishwasher dryer the latest appliances and they're beautiful at j letter j apostrophe s broadway appliance and tv 47 cedar swamp road route 5 in smithfield they also have a facebook page but folks you deal directly with the owner service is great and this is grilling season whether it's a charcoal grill gas grill 
electric grill. Stop it and see them Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, and then you can make an appointment on Saturday and Sunday. So it's that much easier. Stop in and see them. So Governor McKee, this is actually kind of welcome news for him just because it kind of takes the focus off him a little bit. The McKee campaign seems to be a little lost at sea at the moment. So now he has pivoted and decided he will take part in the debate coming up on Thursday. So here's the situation. I was going to go and broadcast live from there. Uh, the RIPEC people, who are terrific, uh, I was going to do my show live Thursday. It's a Crown Plaza and do a Facebook live. And they have said that they don't want anyone doing any live streaming. So they said you can do audio, you can do video, can take pictures, but they don't want anything live. So I am up on the air on it. I, I, um, I don't see what's the point in going. But Governor McKee, this is, it's not really a debate. It's more of a forum. They have someone from Channel 12 who will ask questions. I don't know how much they'll be back and forth. Um, they try to keep this moving they're going to have a number of different people by the way but governor mckee is now saying he will go so mckee campaign from what i understand they're very people supporters are wondering like wh why did you cause all the bad headlines and the big uproar last week and now you change your mind and now you are going to attend and this also doesn't here's what this this changes governor mckee said i'm not debating until all the paperwork is in in july i'll think about it and all of a sudden, he, he changes his mind. And this has been the problem with this administration. And or I think it's a problem with the candidate. Now, this also means he's going to be in a forum with the Republican challenger, Ashley Kalis. It also means he's going to be a forum with very progressive candidate, Matt Brown. I think those two will be the most aggressive towards him. I don't think the others there, Nelly Gorbea and that Helena folks, I don't think they'll be as aggressive towards Governor McKee. But the other two, definitely. But this, you know, what does this say? He said he wouldn't debate until July. Then his staff was putting out that he was away on a pre-planned anniversary trip with the First Lady of Rhode Island, uh, Mrs. McKee, Sue McKee. Suddenly now he's, oh, oh, he's coming back early. He's going to do it. I, I, I just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. What's the deal? Make a decision um i i don't know what to think on thursday he, he'll benefit the fact that just the type of forum that it is and it's not really a debate but what type of feedback were they getting that governor mckee suddenly switches course and says i'm gonna go after you'd already announced and decided he wasn't gonna go and they were almost trying to play it as if RIPAC had it wrong so that's coming up on thursday I don't know yet if I can if they can accommodate me if I can be live and do the radio show live from the forum I'd love to do that but only if they will uh, accommodate the broadcast but it's their event and so they're under no obligation to to do it when someone's holding an event like that it's really up to someone like myself to adapt and adjust and then decide whether or not I want to do it now yesterday also I learned that that fatal hit and run where the person hit hit that woman fatally off Union Avenue in Providence, right off Route 10, and then took off and then turned himself in later. He was in court yesterday. He needed a translator. The media won't go with that. I have found out he has a Guatemalan passport and he has a Massachusetts license. So what are we to make of that? They've taken his passport. He's supposed to be back in court on August 5th. He is free out on the street. Um, he lives in Providence. So he lives in Providence. He is a Massachusetts license, and he has a Guatemalan passport. So no one is even asking the questions anymore on what his status is. As I And what I mean by that is when I was asking yesterday and was able to find out that he had a, it's, he has a Guatemalan passport and then he has a Massachusetts license. Once again, I was reminded I was the only member of the media who was asking that. Folks, we'll have more on that. Again, it's the John DePietro Show. This part of the program brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop it and see them. 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They are right off of Silver Spring Street. Everything baked fresh 
They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 7 in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Delicious calzones, sausage and pepper, wimpy skimpy. They have cupcakes and donuts. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet, right off of 95. It's 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Put that into your GPS. Then next to AAA in Providence, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. While the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Folks, they have come out with a study of just the, not only the fact that, as we know, this spring, the situation at the border is going to start to get worse. But not only that, but just the amount of the population that's already come in. Joining us right now from FEAR is the director of research, and it's Spencer Rawley. And Spencer, the numbers that FEAR puts out, it's, uh, it's pretty sobering, especially considering what's about to happen. Right, right. You know, we just had a report come out here a couple of days ago showing that the illegal alien population in the United States has increased to 15.5 million individuals, up from 14.5 as of a year ago. And that's the end of 2021. This doesn't include the surge we've already seen here in early 2022. It's not an estimate of how many people will be here once Title 42 is revoked. That was just under the, you know, the first full year in office under President Biden. And really just what it shows is, not surprisingly, as he rolls back everything that President Trump did to protect the border and goes even further in incentivizing illegal immigration and protecting illegal aliens in the country, it is, it is resulting in this population increasing at a rate that we may have never seen before. And this this fact that, that you're estimating at least one million new uh, people have come in, are here illegally. The, the, that that's pretty. That's just, and this is just, you know, coming off the first year of the Biden administration. What's what's this going to look like at the end of May? It's it's going to be it's it's just going to keep on growing. And right now, it's it's at a cliff that's increasing, and we're seeing once Title Forty Two is released, you could see five times or more the amount of illegal aliens flooding the southern border and that should be really alarming to the american people especially during a time when we're still economically recovering from covid 19 there are more and more people joining the workforce every day are there going to be jobs available to them how is this going to hit americans in their wallet we found that the cost of illegal immigration increased by nine and a half billion dollars last year to over 143 billion net total that's a lot of money that Americans are shelling out for benefits uh, that are going to individuals that are not even supposed to be in this country. Folks, again, we're speaking with Spencer Raleigh of FAIR. And Spencer, um, for those that people hear about Title 42, it's set to expire at the end of May. Uh, do we have any reason to believe that there's any other option? Or I, I certainly know there is some pushback, especially from uh, Democrats um, even Kristen Cinema and others have been trying to push back right. to try to get this posted. Where do things stand? Or I, I don't hear anything coming out of the Biden White House. Well, right now, you know, at the federal level, there's a stay on that, but that's not that's not the end of the issue. There, the Biden administration, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas at DHS, has indicated that it is still their intention to end this program whenever whenever they can, whenever they're allowed. But like you had mentioned, we're starting to see a little bit of pushback from senators, especially in vulnerable positions. You know, Mark Kelly and Kirsten Sinema in Arizona, they're going to be uh, facing tough elections next time they're up. We're even seeing Warnock and a few others who you would think would be even to the, the left of Biden on this issue, but they're in they're in contested seats. They're starting to you know, suggest that, you know, maybe we need to have something uh, something else figured out before we end Title 42. So. I think there is a little bit of hope that Congress may hopefully push the administration to keep this in place, at least uh, at least temporarily while they figure something else out. But, you know, in reality, we really shouldn't even need to be at a place in America where we have to rely on a public health measure to have any semblance of control of the southern border. The Biden administration should be securing the border. Uh, they should be enforcing the law when it comes to illegal immigration and in that way, ending the incentives for people to come here illegally in the first place. But they're not doing that. So, of course, when they get the opportunity to invite even more illegal aliens into the country, we have to expect that that's something that they're going to jump at doing. 
Folks, again, he is Spencer Raleigh of FAIR. Spencer, great job as always. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. All right. Appreciate you having me on today. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, to installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732-6562. It's Kogi. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Kogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2 p.m. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Joining me right now is one of my siblings. She is an independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I'd like to just start off with this story. Now, it won't get the type of coverage I think it should get. Uh, but just the story that it, it came out in this in this new book that these two reporters from the New York Times have, and they... You know, they're in the room at times and they certainly have it sourced. But show people, I think this demonstrates where things are with Vice President Kamala Harris, that she actually made a complaint that when she would walk into rooms at the White House, that people were not standing. And it's not just like a minor snub. They actually they had a meeting to discuss this and it was enough that it was bothering her. Think of everything that's going on right now with the Biden administration. Inflation is out of control. The whole situation in Ukraine, midterms are looking bleak. What does it say to you that in her world, that's something she considers important enough to actually have a meeting at the White House? Well, and and good to join you. Um, You know, I haven't seen all the details of that book, but to to have that so deeply sourced, um, we know it, it has happened. It happened. And I, I just think it shows from the beginning of her tenure as VP, John, she, there's an obsession more about the self-image, what kind of image, you know, um, she's putting out there as opposed to, as you're saying, to be, you know, drilling down deep into the issues that, that she should be um, working on. And, and the fact that she would, like, call a meeting and make this important enough and say, I'm not, it's, it's almost this like obsession of I'm being disrespected, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I, I think that there is something about sometimes her body language and then, um, her speaking tone, people caught up, uh, they kind of, you know, caught on to this, I should say, I think you and I spoke about this during the campaign. She'd have that habit where she's like nodding almost to say, you know, you need to be list. You know, you need to be taking it in the way I'm saying it. So the fact that this far in the tenure, um, she was named the vice president. They got in there, and you would think, John, she would have more confidence. And you don't have to make it like a big issue. I don't know. You know that people aren't standing at attention when she walks in. I think that's just goes to show you again that the self imagery. Uh, it, it seems to be central to what to her more than, you know, what are you doing as the vice president? Um, and and that's also has been shown as we've talked about before. I mean, a lot of turnover at the very top of her office. Um, and when you have someone who loses a chief of staff and you lose press aides and this aide and that aide, that show that is someone after a while. It's not just employees you know what i mean that's someone difficult to work for and in politics difficult can mean 
you know, not really always sure where they want to take the ship. And I think that, you know, she's just had kind of one issue after another and one thing after another that just does not, you know, create the image that she's comfortable and frankly, John, that she isn't competent in the role. Donna Perry, would it be fair to say that when she was first tapped as VP, it it sure seemed as if she was almost being anointed for Mm -hmm. for 24. I I don't see that right now. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in the Democrat Party that sees her as the heir to the throne or the the likely front runner for 2024. No, I think they don't. And, And you and I know the way Washington works, the knives come out. I mean, these reporters don't get all of this without, you know, some tips, right? I mean, some people leak things, John, you know, and it could be people um, who are around Biden, who, you know, there's been a lot of uh, reporting um, sub, you know, that doesn't really get the light of day, but there's a lot of um, intimation about that, like uh, that the two staffs kind of secretly are warring a lot, right? So that could be like, she's unhappy sometimes with her, uh, placement, whether it's on the dais or, you know, in the speaking role yeah. and all that kind of <clears throat> stuff. So it just it's shows all visuals. It's yes. all the optics. outside yes. stuff, the optics of it. Yep. Now, over the weekend, Donna Perry, was the its return, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah, uh, It was the first time a president has, uh, I mean, the, the president has, has actually attended. President Trump would not attend the years he was there, and then they were unable to have it. During the course of COVID, President Biden did go. Now, what people may not realize is you've actually had the opportunity. You, I believe, have attended that event. I I did attend it twice years ago, yes. And so uh, I'm just wondering your thoughts on it and inside it. uh, You know, as much as I almost felt like sometimes that people were knocking the fact that the the media, the journalists were enjoying it and, and glad to be there. But, you know, it is unique and it is the White House and sometimes the business of media journalism, it can be thank, you know, thankless. So right. the fact for one night to get everybody in one room and it was a huge turnout and it seemed like it was a big success. And I, I I'll give you my thoughts on Biden in a moment, but just your overall thoughts on the white house correspondence. Well, I think it's an institution that should keep going. I think that it's a, as you said, I think when you consider the work that is being done there. And again, everyone can pick their side. But I, I think it's very important to remember people are human. Um, they need to have relationships with these people they cover. They all do have rapport that doesn't make the front page. So I think the dinner, you know, I think it's it's good and important once a year and everyone gets to, you know, look, they used to call it the nerd prom, you know, they right. get to look very fancy and, you know, well, you what see, did you think of what and, did you think of Biden? And I, I just thought that all in all, it was a rather tame um, in tone, I would say, and I'll, to both the um, Trevor Noah and, and how I think Biden came across in this way. I think he didn't have any like big flub or something. So that's right. Im- important for him. I'll Good give point. him that. Yes. I think he was smiling and <clears throat> laughing a lot, which I think yeah. actually plays to his favor. And I think he looked, I will give him this. I think he looked at different points like the Biden that was a little bit on the campaign trail in the beginning and like enjoying himself. Agreed. Which is what, you know, I think that's what like to be able to deflect some barbs, I think is very important to see in a a, a president. So I think he, he did that part. Well, in my opinion, he looked like he was enjoying it. Um, they were there for the amount of time they were there for. But, um, you know, I and I would also say that Washington being a Democratic town, you know, is largely overall, in my view, it was kind of a very friendly correspondence dinner yes. to him. I mean, they used to rib sometimes, let's face it, they would rib, you know, the Republican presidents. But um, they the the Bush got Bush 41 and 43, you know, and they but they would they had a way that they could kind of roll with the punches. And I think that's actually, unfortunately, something that lost by Trump. Like, I think exactly at that. I moment, agree with you. And I he, think that was an opportunity lost that he could not yes, find a John. way to get into the motion. It was it was such a war. And to not be able to do that, mm-hmm. I think last night, I, I think that I mean, not last night, but over the weekend, I think that was to. Biden's benefit. I also found out a Perry that to me, now Biden obviously didn't write a lot of the jokes. He was able to deliver them. But to me, 
him laughing at his own jokes because I think he was hearing them for the first time. And some of them were a little rough. I found that the funniest thing of all. He was like, almost like, hey, this is funny. You know, obviously he had not. You look back, um, President Obama had the right spirit for it. President Bush, 43, he was very good at that. Very funny, yes. Very funny, had a good delivery on it. Um, I think at times it's too bad the atmosphere in the Trump White House, uh, the tone that it went, because I think if it, if he could have found a way to engage in that way, I, I think it would have I think it would have benefited him. I not. And you know what? I'll just say this. I think that if they in a way, the Donald Trump that people knew more in New York, I think yes. would have, it, you know, he did kind of take a funny turn because, yeah. J.D., that the Washington media wants to be on the inside with the president and That's his right. staff. They do. Yeah. So I think that was a large missed opportunity by Trump to just not show up. And um, and the people ultimately, they would be huddling with the president. They want to talk to him. You know, they do. Right. They want to schmooze. Yes. Yeah. So I think it was a missed <laughs> opportunity. Folks, we're going to take a short break, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. Folks, we're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker Donna Perry. And DJ, over the weekend, we did learn that Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, did make a surprise visit to Ukraine. She's older than Biden. I don't think the president could make it. Uh, say what you want about Speaker Pelosi. I, I thought that was an important visual. And notice it wasn't the vice president. Uh, it was Speaker right. Pelosi, third in line to the presidency, their representative of the United States in showing unity with the president of Ukraine. Well, I, I agree. And I think the fact that the way she spoke in uh, some of the clips they showed to Zelensky, John, I thought in a very forceful way, meaning saying to him with great conviction, like the U.S. is with you, not yes. just you know, giving you arms, but until you win the fight or something the way, you know, she said that, I thought that was very um, important to have, uh, you know, she's the number third ranked in the U.S., you know, to say that to him. And I give her, as you say, she certainly has enough, enough stamina. There she was in her blue pantsuit walking around, you know, um, at Kiev and at the condition it's in. So I, I give her a lot of credit for that. Um, and she still, I think it showed something important that she also likes to convey, John. She still carries a lot of clout, of course. Um, she's still in the position, you know what I mean? And she's saying, uh, I'm not going away anywhere yet, anybody, you know? And I think that's was important to see her. And she can be very forceful in a, in a way of showing, like, we're with you. And, and I think that it was, it was a good um, a good trip. And I think this reinforces to Zelensky that they can go the distance. The U.S. is is really with them. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker, Donna Perry, he is not running for reelection. But what, what do you think the future holds for him? He the latest poll that has come out, he is still he is the most popular governor in the country. I think you have to wonder if, in fact, I mean, it's hard to ignore that he'd be a very strong candidate for Senate. Should, in fact, maybe in, in 24, the next time around, if Elizabeth Warren uh, or decides not to to go for the Senate. But it's it's hard to believe someone who's the most popular governor, most highest approval rating in the country. Yeah. Governor Baker is is also not even running for reelection. 
Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, we're at a time when you look at Washington that certainly you his playbook of I can work with both sides, I think right. would be a very uh, compelling case to make. Um, and I think, you know, you would see money flow in from all over the place for, for mm. him. I, I think he's just a stand up guy. He when you're, you know, the popular governor of mass, you're known, I would say, around the country. You're right. And I think he's played his cards kind of quiet of what's next. I think, you know, people said the pandemic and as time went on kind of wore him out. But and sure. you could understand that he's done with the data because when you're a governor, you know, like that's the day to day minutia of everything but i think he's he kind of has a statesman quality about him um to his credit and i i could see him being john like a step in for the u.s senate and you're right i mean i think um elizabeth warren you know she makes a lot of noise but we'll see i think that you know massachusetts voters um though the state is always branded so blue i i think there's other polls that show that people have become disenchanted with certainly a, her brand of being a Democrat, I would say. Yes. So, and again, maybe yeah. I, it just seems I, I would just venture to guess that Governor Baker, he's not what I mean. He's not done with politics. He's, I, I hope he's not. Still, I, you know, yeah. right, relatively young. I mean, yeah. he's not old. He's not young, but he's not old. But yep. but when you leave with that type of popularity, two terms, obviously, you know, you, you have a handle on it. You know what you're doing. Uh, you learn a lot. It's one thing to go against an incumbent, but I think next go around, and you have two older se- uh, senators with both Markey and, right. and Warren. Right, their 70s, yeah. I think when there's an open seat Senate possibility, because Elizabeth Warren really looks like she wants to go for it for 24, I, I, would, <laughs> I just think that's too much to for president. That's too much to pass on because you're leaving with such, you know, such a high approval rating. Right. And, right. and that's the thing. I mean, um, oddly, uh, you know, Biden like, likes um, Baker. So, you know, I mean, they, he, I, I think behind the scenes, but not necessarily, you know, if there was a race, but you're right. Like, I, I think he is uh, a big talent for the Republican Party. And like I say, I think he kind of is a, a statesman-like Republican. Um, and I think that there could be a lot of reason to see and I, yeah, and I think run again because let's absolutely. face it, there's no other office that I think he would go for. Folks, again, quick break. Much more Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. J Perry Paving, folks, you can depend on J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote. Four zero one. 732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, dipetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner, or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. And DJ, over the weekend, the New York Times, it's still up on their website. Unbelievable, very lengthy, three-part expose on Tucker Carlson. Uh, he held it up like a picture grinning. Like yep. it's a it's a badge of honor. Uh, they really went after him, and it you know inside of Fox. I'll say this: it was the most in depth story I've seen on him, on Fox, how it's evolved. Uh, I think people like you and I that follow the media, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the topics he selects and the path he's going down, 
it's it's not an accident. It's it's very calculated, uh, and I don't mean in a bad way, or sometimes that might seem as a negative. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, that was that was not a small piece, and I I can't recall the last time the New York Times did that type of an extensive three part. And if you you go online to their website, it's even multimedia where there's audio involved and video. It's actually pretty impressive what they can now do. But what are your thoughts on this piece that the Times did on Tucker Carlson? Well, you know, I think that they've decided uh, and and notable that he is the top cable host. And I think that they wanted to throw that out there to say, um, this is what he's doing every night. And, And I think to their dismay, you know, there's huge swaths of the public. Um, that he's extremely popular with. Um, I would I would not say, I think that, you know, they've wanted to go down this road that he, you know, is just, it's it's racist and it's white nationalism when, you know, he, he talks about nationalism more from the perspective of, you know, the U.S. should put the U.S. interests first. That is often, but they have taken that and, you know, they kind of interweave that and say that it's, it's white nationalism. And that I think that's been, you know, thrown around a lot um, in the past couple of years and often faulty. But in, in terms of for the times to put this amount of, as you say, John, in the business spate to use that amount yes. of ink, what we used to Sunday. call front page yeah, like above the fold basically like the biggest way you're gonna put it out there um i i i think they want that conversation when the new york times does that they want that conversation out there um you know that i feel like a lot of the other media that is kind of against him you know they have tried different ways to take him down and you know there've been boycott attempts or call for boycotts and all that kind of stuff so um but I, I think, as you say, he is at the top of his game, in my opinion. I do not agree with everything that he puts out there. But I think that he certainly puts out there a lot of stuff. To He's going completely whatever it has been on most of the media that day. He takes you down a whole different road and says, he let's does. look at it this way. And yeah. And I'll also say this, Donna Perry, they almost treat it like a negative. And I recognize most people listening did not read the story, but they go through and it's new research technology they have at Fox where they can look at the minute by minute, which mm-hmm. means anyone that's watching Fox, they can see in the course of a minute and there's lines and they match almost the way Frank Lutz could do that with a debate when the audience you turn your dial when you like what they're saying. You turn it the left when you don't right. like it. So they can see what stories really capture their attention. And what they found, you know, they they almost act like it's a negative that he's playing to the audience, such as Tucker Carlson's people found his audience doesn't like that even has on the other side. They don't even want to, you know, that used to be a thing because he was on Crossfire. You debate. Yeah. You hear the other side. They have found his audience doesn't want to hear those people. So they eliminated. I don't think that's a negative. That is, he ha- you can't argue. He has the most successful show. They throw it throughout very explosive language saying it's the most racist show on television. He picked right. up where, you know, Trump was. I think they, Again, also, I think Tucker Carlson was wise to say we want the Trump crowd, but we don't want to be tied to him. So they kind of play it. But I view this as this is a show that recognizes, like, let's play the hits. And if MSNBC and CNN were smart, they would try to duplicate it in their own format. Well, and, and I would say to your point and that they're criticizing, saying he doesn't have anyone, you know, from the other side to debate him. But, J.D., like, if you look at an MSNBC, like, uh, Rachel Maddow, like, does she welcome re- Good right, point. Republicans yes. on her show, of course? And Chris Hayes, does he ever say, let me get a couple of Republicans on here? Okay, I want to hear your side of this. Zero. So yeah, very good this is the way, in my view, this is the way a lot of these shows are conducted. So I don't think in that way Tucker should be singled out. They, they all are playing to what they believe their audience base is. And you're, and you're right. Like this idea of minute by minute, it is fascinating that that can be so calculated and it's kind of like online clicks. Like they can literally say the audience like, like this and yes. And doesn't like this. And I'll even say, you know, you have people that say this should be more positive stories. And 
why don't you do something, you know, about hero? But that, that's not what the audience wants. He's delivering what they want. Now, Donna Perry, finally, I think this next part is really interesting, and I did send it to you. But the Meet the Press did a big piece of it, and there's other things. And it basically says, as we're approaching the midterms, this is pretty dramatic. The Democrat Party has lost the rural voter. The Democrat yeah. Party basically has really become just the party of the you know urban inner city that in many ways they are so wildly unpopular once you get outside into whatever you want to call it, suburbs, rural area. But right. they really um, they've abandoned the party. And it's incredible how much how many gains the Republicans have made. Yeah, th there's no question. And, and I thought that was um, fascinating from Chuck Todd and Meet the Press. And they showed you, John, back in the day, like a Bill Clinton yes. would win over a thousand uh, rural counties That's right. um, when you're in Iowa and, and those rural states. That, you know, and then it began to erode when you got to Obama and where it is now. I would say a couple of things on that. It, it's not only an erosion of support. John, it's it's kind of an erosion of what I call relatability. Well, yes. what is the modern Democratic Party saying and constantly projecting that can, in most ways, that is any way relatable to people who might who are like Middle America? We used to call it like That's seriously right. yes. their their lives, their concerns. Those voters, you know, John, they're not like preoccupied with cancel culture politics and climate change and. You know, you're going to put a radical curriculum in schools. These are not things that are going to click, uh, whether you want to say rural or middle America. They're, they're simply not. And I, I would say neither side is relating to the other side. And it, so it doesn't surprise me that they've run over, you know, to the Republicans. And, um, and, and I think, like, it, frankly, when you see that, during the campaign run up for a time, the Democrats were trying to portray Biden as like, oh, old, you know, centrist Joe. And he'll just right. kind of. And, and I think that has also been a problem for them. He was portrayed that way. And we, you and I have talked about this many times. The independent voter, where their head is at, is always the thing to watch because right. there's, there's two very firm sides. They're not going anywhere. But that independent voter and they did portray him like he would be the sensible centrist. You know, they said, oh, the Trump crazy years. And that was a little bit of how they wrapped up the campaign theme. Well, I and then when you see the rural voter, John, they, they don't understand this woke mob. And right. <laughs> and and all this stuff. It's very yep. San Francisco and New York. And it's just if you are again, you're a person in the middle of the country You've seen an erosion in many ways of your, um, you know, wage earning and, and your lifestyle. And, you know, then there was uh, drug addiction that has ravaged parts of, the, say, the Rust Belt. And you get out to counties like that, John. And and so they've kind of lost. They're like, you know, where, where did America go? You know, and and so they certainly don't see answers in this very elitist modern Democrat Party. It's really like the two sides have flipped. It is, so, you and, know, and I, I come back to, you know, uh, two things. Number one, in that new New York Times book, by the way, Nancy Pelosi says it basically they illustrate the left has just drove has absolutely driven her crazy. And the left gives her so huh. many problems within, you know, the party where the point where she even is quoted in the book saying that she would not be speaker when her term is up again for one billion dollars, how much they have driven her crazy. Wow. But I, I come back to DJ James Carville, you know, him very brazenly and openly saying whoever came up with defund the police. That's the stupidest expression right. and slogan I've ever heard. And what does that mean? And these people don't understand. And as much as then that, you know, AOC and the squad and they lash after him and go after him. Uh, James Carville, I'll tell you, DJ, he knew he knows exactly what he's talking about. And I think you're really going to say this, see this play out the next few months that who knows how big this midterm blowout could be right Epic proportions and and to your point yeah. defund the police and john the public sector worker police firefighters teachers that there was nothing more bread and butter to the democratic right. party than yes that. that's and, right and i just think that 
they're more centrist yeah. Um, yeah. than what this party is showing. So, and what, if I may, one other thing about the, who they're losing as a voter, and I think, I forget where this came out in the past week or whatever. Um, it, it, oh, it might've been in that crazy um, uh, graphic that um, Elon Musk retweeted and yes. it showed the progression yeah. of what we used to call the old liberals, yeah. let's say 20 years ago. Well, John, they're losing conventional liberals, if you will. That's you right. know, that's like the Bill Maher crowd. They're, yes, the Democratic Party is losing them. And, and like a Musk who would say, I always considered myself a liberal. And and now they're saying, I don't identify. You know, yeah. that was good. That little chart that he drew. Up. Yeah. I think it will be his influence on Twitter. I think I think it'd be very positive. If anything, he's funny on Twitter. He's bringing some humor back. But you right. come back to, you know, Hillary Clinton. James Carville, you know, the AOCs, the, the woke left, the progress, they may not like those people know how to win elections. They know how to, you know, they've gotten votes in the middle of the country. And I'll even go to, you know, Hillary saying, yeah, what they do is they go to the bluest area, yeah. and give a speech or they bring you to the bluest area and it's an echo chamber. And they think, you know, you give a speech in Cambridge and that's going to play, you know, right. in New Hampshire. And it just isn't like that. Right, right. But that's the world they live in. Folks, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. And we'll talk to you again. Good to be with you. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal. 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break. Log on at the website. That's also the best way to reach me, by the way. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just scroll down a little bit. You'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute and then also we have some great sponsors there as well it is a happening check it each day it's dipetro.com to check out our website dipetro.com petro.com which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence Shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several Rhode Island best of awards best of Rhode Island awards the Centerdale Revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 Smith Street in North Providence <laughs> 